Hello and welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined by Just Johnny. How's it going? It's going good. How's it going with you? It's going good as well. If this is your first time listening, this is the show from SwitchRPG.com where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, boy, there's this is kind of a mishmash of everything going on this week. We have a lot of new game announcements. We have quite a few questions that we got from a Facebook group. I'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go over them in a little bit. Um, but again, don't forget to visit our Discord, discord.switchrpg.com. Our Twitter account is at switchrpg. And yeah, visit, visit switchrpg.com, obviously. Okay, Johnny, what are you playing? I, I see Johnny is filling this in as we speak. Um, yep. When I asked him if he was ready. <laughs> I was ready. He's ready. I got, now. It, I got it all in there. He's lucky he's a fast typer. I'm very fast. I tried to go so fast to catch you, but <laughs> you tried, but I you didn't get me. Did you finish everything they were, they were supposed to say? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. So uh, I've been playing uh, Shocker Shocker Tactics Ogre. Let us cling together. Still, uh, I am going to be beating my time on uh, on Fire Emblem, like. This is going to surpass Fire Emblem Three uh, Houses. How's that even possible? I guess it I don't is know. Possible. I'm already in like the 150 hour range. It's ridiculous. There's so much to do. I stopped min maxing. I realized I was min maxing way too much. I was trying to get like one of everything. It was almost oh, yeah. like there's like a little bit of a Pokemonness in there, where there's multiple <laughs> classes that you can get, and there's multiple creatures and, and monsters that you can recruit. And at some point, I was like, I'm never going to get the octopus or the kraken. I'm never going to get the uh, the dark dragon and, and that, other that stuff. That sounds like it would be awesome, though. Yeah, 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 it would. But at some point, I had to like raise my hands and be like, all right, I need to actually finish the game <laughs> because <laughs> I don't want to put in 300 hours. You're well, you're, you're well on your way, though. I'm, I'm definitely past the halfway mark, that's for sure. How well? <laughs> Uh, playing that, it's still absolutely incredible. I'll talk more, way more about it when I actually finally finish it. Uh, and speaking of almost finally finishing, I am literally at the last, like, hopefully last boss fight of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And what's, I mean, I think that you're at the point where you can give a, you know, an opinion on it. What's your opinion on the game? Oh, I can definitely give an opinion on it. Uh... Let's keep it under. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. Uh, bullet points here, if you can. Bullet points. Okay. Way too much filler. Just <laughs> way too much filler. Uh, there okay. are just weird, tropey, quirky stuff that's in there, and in ridiculous stuff that's in there that like kind of ruin the tone of the game. And they get they're in there. A lot of them are in there for for no good reason at all. Some of them I get. It's Fine, you know, cloud, you know, dressed up cloud as as a, as a lady, that type of stuff. That's fine. I get it. Try, I was in the original. Also, try and keep it spoiler free. Oh, that's in the original game. Okay, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. for people who haven't played it. Yeah, but that's okay. So, yeah, well, I mean, that's not a spoiler. People no, know no, about no. it because it's you know twenty plus years old, whatever. All right. Maybe that. Maybe I might accidentally mention a spoiler, but I'm not going to say anything else. Storyline wise, there's a lot of that stuff. I get it. It's fine. The combat system is flawed. There are like camera issues. 
uh, with it, uh, especially depending on also depending on the character that you're playing as and the default settings. So if you change some of the default settings with the camera, you can like pull it back a bit more, and that'll make it a bit more responsive for for following what you're doing. There's a lock on system that you can do with the combat mm -hmm. system. Yeah. And that can be useful depending on which character you're playing as. Typically, the ranged characters, it's a little bit more useful. But you have to, it's dependent on your position within the battlefield because there's almost always going to be more than one enemy or one thing to target during combat. So there's definitely camera issues. And if you're playing with the melee characters, yeah, you're going to run into like major camera issues, especially enemies, some enemies that can move really fast. And the combat is fast. It is. It is Really, really fast-paced. Like I can't believe they went from like the opposite of like slow as can be turn-based combat to like some of the fastest like extra chain level speed of combat. It's really crazy. Uh, but the combat is good. It's just there's a lot of flaws in there. Um, the material system's kind of funny. Playing through it because I never played the original. I realize, and then I research as I was playing through. I'm, I'm watching a let's play of someone play the original final fantasy 7 mm -hmm. and the materia system has like it's basically uh path of exile <laughs> it's you, you know you know you can socket your gear with abilities yep and some abilities don't give you some some spells or whatever abilities don't give you something new they just enhance an existing thing that's yep. in that that was from final fantasy 7 so they oh. so path of exile kind of stole that from final fantasy 7 because okay. it's it's very similar, very similar. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, and and your so the materia itself can level up. So the more you use it, the more AP it gains, and right. it'll eventually level up and get stronger, which also happens on the skill gem whatever system in Path of Exile. I forgot what they're called. I think it's skill gems. Skill gems, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a really good, really flawed game. There are areas where it's just. Uh, unpolished like very surprisingly unpolished uh but also there are other areas that's like hugely big budget so mm -hmm. it's it's like a mixed it's like a huge mixed bag it's <laughs> great but it's on like the lower end of great lower end of great so yeah on a johnny scale it's like a five out of ten no 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 <laughs> if i say if i say it's the lower end of great that means oh. it's actually like awesome for you oh right? okay yeah so it's like an 11 out of 10 for me or 12 out of 10 for me <laughs> But maybe an eight and a half, right? No, no, I'm talking like uh, probably an eight. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, and I'm I don't know. It, I might even put it down a little bit lower than that. But <laughs> it's um, it's like playing through it. It's like Astral Chain. Yeah. But Astral Chain is better. So you prefer, you prefer Astral Chain over this? No, no, Astral Chain is like objectively better. Okay, not subjective. It, Nah, not at all. Okay. Not at all. It, it is objectively better than what Final Fantasy, this particular Final Fantasy, because it's kind of like all over the place. And there's points that just don't make sense. It goes way out of, like, the tone that it set for itself, whereas Astral Chain, like, the, even the comical, comic relief moments fall in line with the rest of the presentation of the game world and the combat and stuff like that. Like, like there's no, like, issues I have with Astral Chain's combat. Yep. And I kid you not, they are very, very similar. There's motorcycle action sequences in Final Fantasy VII, just like there is in Astral Chain. It, the only difference is like you have multiple party members in Astral Chain, it's you and your chain chimera. 
Mm. But it is, it's very similar. Very similar. Okay. Astro Chain is just objectively better. So more interesting. Although, I will say this. The world of Midgar that they set up there is really cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down with Midgar. That was a really well done, well thought out game world. And the major beats that happen in the story is actually really cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I And the characters are awesome too. Yeah. I actually like all the characters. Barrett, man, he's he's like a roller coaster of like, I like him, I don't like him, I like him, I don't like him. <laughs> I, I think I like him now. Like, like, I get it. I finally get Barrett. He's cool. Aerith is definitely my favorite. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Aerith is just amazing. I didn't even think I would like Aerith. And she's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I really, I really need to get a PS4 just to play a lot of these great RPGs I'm missing out on. I think you can wait until next gen, right? Because there's going to be a lo- whole lot of backwards compatibility. Yeah, I, I probably will end up doing that. Um, I've actually bought... I have a lot of PlayStation 4 games that I got, like, dirt cheap, and I don't even have a PlayStation 4. I'm just, like, kind of waiting for it. But, yeah. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. What else so, you what have you been playing? What? I'm sorry. Hello? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Hey, <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, I can. Son of a, you got me. All right. Uh, I actually completed two games. Well, hey, look at that. How about I completed one game and an expansion? Okay. Um, I completed Minecraft Dungeons. Very, 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 very short game. It's eight hours, eight to ten hours, maybe, um, depending. Uh, it's got a, you know, it's got replayability. But um, the dungeons, there are about me seven, eight dungeons. Um, And there's a lot of like puzzles in them where you can uh, unlock like secret dungeons within that. So you can make your gameplay a little bit longer. And um, I actually had a decent time with it. I play with my kids all the time. They absolutely love it. So I I think it's kind of got a bad rap. I think people expect expected a lot more they expected the diablo experience the victor vran or you know path of exile it's not that at all it's this is a game an entry-level game for kids this is what i feel it's minecraft right yeah so yeah my my kids absolutely love it my son we are always playing um together now we play in separate switches that was a little cumbersome to set up because we both needed xbox gamer tags so we actually had to set up two different accounts for that I already had one, but I had to create one for him. It's just a little clunky, you know? Uh, whereas we're already Switch friends, why couldn't we just play that way? Um, so it, it kind of kind of stinks to have to play that way. But we do it, and we have a good time. We're always trying to unlock the secrets in whatever specific dungeon. Because like I said, every dungeon has a secret dungeon. So we're always trying to look for that. And then there's actually a, a super secret level. If you unlock all the secret dungeons, right? There's a um, a secret level. I I guess you know what I'll just say it. it's it's a cow level, like in Diablo two. Um, yeah. So Minecraft Dungeons also has that. You just have to unlock it. So is there of, some sort of like inside joke with obvious, cows in well, Minecraft? I mean, well, there are cows in Minecraft. There are sheep um, all throughout, littered throughout the world. So they're they're around. And they kind of serve as, uh, sometimes they drop, like, uh, meat or, like, stuff to help you regen health. 
But um, it's also this is obviously a tribute to Diablo two. So yeah, but I mean the whole injection of the cow level was a joke. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be because there was there was like a rumor or whatever that there was supposed to be a cow level for StarCraft or something like that. Oh, okay, is or, that working for War- StarCraft or Warcraft? It was one of their other games, and then there was a che- I think they inserted a. A cheat in some other game called uh, where the cheat code was you punch in there is no cow level and then that would do something and then finally in Diablo 2 they put in the actual cow level well there, there you go yeah well Minecraft Dungeons definitely does does have that I think you can find out how to how to do it exactly I, I think I've seen a few places on the interwebs uh, that describe how to how to do it but you know, overall, it's a it's a very short experience. It's a great entry level uh, for kids. If you have any kids, like like I do, I think they'll enjoy it. Especially if they're into the Minecraft lore or the world, um, like if they're into the Telltale games. I think there's uh, yeah, Telltale Minecraft. So yeah, not too bad. Um, and then I also completed the Hearts of Stone expansion for The Witcher Three. Um, I. Originally, never played the Hearts of Stone. I did the uh, Blood and Wine one expansion. Yep. Hearts of Stone is is re- it's again it's another shorter one. I think it's like twelve, maybe fifteen hours long. It's not very long at all. I prefer the Blood and Wine story over Hearts of Stone. Uh, Hearts of Stone kind of brings you along the story of uh, brings you along with a genie, and you're kind of performing uh, wishes essentially. I'll just leave it at that. So I mean, it's it's kind of it's still within the Witcher Three lore with gins, but um, Blood and Wine has uh, werewolves and vampires and stuff. So I, I I'm just more interested in that stuff. So maybe I'll eventually do do that as well. I don't know. Um, but I I I think playing this or replaying it again for the first time in a, in a long time, I I the the combat is is uh can be difficult because of the the targeting system isn't always on point. It it can be really kind of clunky. Uh, the, the targeting system in Witcher. In The Witcher, yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. I had a few yeah, areas. They they could have done a better job, maybe by copying from you know one of the best targeting systems like Ocarina don't, of Time. Don't say it. Don't say it. you said it. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Oh yeah, that was a discussion off screen. We're not going to continue that discussion here. Uh, maybe eventually, um, but this is a Switch RPG, and that is not an RPG nor a Switch game. Uh, so, uh, Hearts of Stone uh, completed that. I am now playing Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I think with uh, yeah. a- along with everyone else, right? How um, far? What what zone are you in? What zone? I think I'm at um, Bionis's leg. I'm not far into it at all. Maybe ten hours the most. So you're finally on the the Guar Plains or whatever. I I don't recall. I uh, there's this dude. I think what's his name? He he jumps on a buggy. He just leaves, and he abandons his car over a big bridge, and that is exactly where I'm at right there. I have to go across the bridge and go rescue him. If I say the word the name Sharla, is that do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, I know. all right. So you're yeah. like on the knee or the leg? Yeah, the very beginning. Of the leg. Yeah, very beginning. 
And, um, and the reason why I haven't been playing is because I'm doing the Let's Play series, so it's really, whenever I play, I have to record it, so I'm only able to record in certain, at certain times, because, you know, I have a wife, and I have two kids, so it just gets really slow, and I'm playing other games, so it's always kind of slow going for me. I think at some point, though, I will stop, that way I can just play the game, and, and, and I mean, I'm enjoying it, I just want to be, continue to play it, you know, all the yeah. time, all the time. My, um, my copy of it. Uh, came in along with the Bioshock collection. Oh, okay. And my girlfriend's been playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, oh. uh, and I've been watching her play uh, it. Uh, yeah. Just because I love the music. Mm -hmm. She likes to turn it down, and I yell at her for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and other people, like, turn down, like, the uh, the battle cries and everything like that. I, I just, I don't mind that stuff. I, it doesn't, it's not as annoying to me. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I can you're see feeling being, it. you're really feeling it. You're, I'm really feeling it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm playing that. I want to play more of it. I, I just I'm thinking about it all the time. I also got it finally came in. I got the um, the UK collector's edition with the vinyl and everything. Yeah, you lucky. I haven't even I haven't even opened it because I had to buy a copy because I wanted to play. I bought a regular copy, and I may I'm probably going to end up selling it, and. I don't know. Don't so, keep keep that buyer's collection, UK, whatever thing. Hold on to it. When it comes to like uh, the holidays or maybe like 10 years from now, you can sell it for sell like it. $10 okay. less than what you paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I'm glad it arrived in, in perfect condition. So um, really excited about that. Um, and yes. And I'm also playing a game that was recently released, The Outer Worlds. Yeah. Yeah, I um Private Division ended up uh they were able to get me a review copy of it so I was playing it a little earlier and there were problems with it earlier, a lot of problems. Then there was a day one patch which improved them a little bit. It still needs improving. It's still and, and we'll discuss this a little later on. Yeah. Uh, but um I'm actually having I'm having a good time with it. I mean, granted, you know, it's it's not what I remember playing on the Xbox, but it's fine. It's just fine. Okay. Yeah, that, that, it's, it, it, it's passable. Uh, I'll yeah. just say that. But that game doesn't really, uh, you know, at least how I played through it, it didn't seem like I needed to play through it again, even though there are options to play it again differently. Yeah. It just didn't feel like I, I didn't get the, at the end of the day, after I finished it, it didn't feel like, Oh yeah, let's play that again, but do a completely different build, completely mm -hmm. different choices. I just I felt like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I I could see that, and I was that way. Um, I mean, but I'm I'm trying to play completely different, uh, just like I do with Divinity Original Sin Two, a game I'll yeah. never mention again. Um, I I'm trying to play it differently. Like whereas before I was I was really just mostly melee and kind of close range, and now I'm just like super sneaky sniping everyone. Kind of and now you're actually going to have party members? No, I, I actually want to do away with party members. They get you into trouble. Again? You're going you're gonna to go lone wolf again? Lone wolf. I'm always lone wolf. Break out of your shell, man. No way, dude. Because in, in the outer worlds, they get, like, I don't want to have to keep track of them. And they're always running into battle. And it's the most obnoxious thing in the world. Like, they're always aggroing when I don't want them to aggro. Stop. Pavardi, knock it off, okay? Pavardi's great. 
How dare you? How dare you? Of course she's great, but she just she just wants to kill everything. <laughs> oh, she, she, she's not the worst one out there. There are some. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I have uh, three companions at this point. I can get another one. I didn't. I'll, I'll have to go back to Edgewater to get them. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. There's just. I don't know. I prefer to just be on my own. I'll take the extra. I think there's a perk for 25% damage. I'll just take that perk, get rid of the companions. I mean, and they they do help with load, uh, like carrying capacity. That's, that's that's the big thing. That's the biggest thing because you can get overloaded so quickly because there's so much junk. All the time. There's All so the much time. junk everywhere. Oh, party. Damage. The damage. Well, the big thing with that game is, as, as we talked about, like the, the numbers is just imbalanced. And as long as you got like the highest level or you mod your weapon into the highest level that it can be, mm -hmm. your damage is going to be great. You don't need any perks to increase your damage. You don't need any of the skills uh, to increase your damage. You're going to be fine because eventually you'll throw enough bullets because you're going to have plenty of bullets. Oh, yeah. Uh, and kill whatever it is that's coming at you. Like, you're never going to have an issue. Like, the game is not... Yeah, it, it's yeah. definitely not not balanced in that aspect. And one one other thing that I, I'm re-remembering re now is that the, like, I had the same gun throughout my, almost my entire playthrough. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. the same yeah. weapon, you know? It, it, I, I, I prefer it with Fallout or even Fallout 3, Fallout 4, in Fallout 3, where they had kind of like your very unique weapons. I mean, the Outer Worlds has that. It's just, it was it was done better in Fallout 3 and 4 and New yeah. Vegas. It, the balance is, that, that's a big one for me. Yeah. Too, too, many, too many guns with too little deviation other than some damage numbers. Yeah, there's not much. Yeah. And you can mix and match a little bit with, uh, like, if you want to keep swapping between... Uh, depending on what mod you want, you can kind of just switch between weapons, but ultimately they're all they're all the same. Yeah. Yeah, that is what we've been playing. Now, onto some uh, new game announcements. There's actually been quite a few. I would say within this, I don't know, like three or four days span, there's there's actually been a lot. Um, first and foremost, we have the Elder, um, not the Eldest, Eldest Souls. It's kind of a pixel art boss rush game. I think this was also in like an indie direct at one point. But um, yeah, they announced it's coming actually this week. So possibly by the time you're listening to this, this game may already be out. Ooh, yeah, this is a good looking game. Yep, it's it, the pixel art. It's actually, it is. It's really well done. The lighting in it is really cool. I uh, I think I might be digging this one. I might be, might be getting this one. Yeah, so, it's a... Uh... 2D artwork, but uh, it's definitely running on a 3D engine because they got some rotations and looks like the, they got some of the sprites modeled onto some polygons going on. You need to watch your mouth. This is a G-rated uh. podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I I really like what they're doing, and it, it is it's a it's a the Dark Souls of the pixel art. It's it's yeah. it's a boss rush game. So yeah, is it just boss rush? Uh, yeah. So this is um, kind of like uh, Titan Souls then, but instead of a bow and one-shot arrow, you got a big giant buster sword. Yeah, kind of a weighty, weighty sword. 
there was also uh, I think it's Sin and Sacrifice kind of doing the same thing. It wasn't pixel art though; it was very different. Not good though. <laughs> yeah. Not good. I have that on my Switch. <laughs> Glad um, I didn't pay for it. Oh boy! All right. Uh, then this one got a lot of people excited. Crosscode finally gets a console release date. It's going to all like all the other consoles, uh, PS4, Xbox, but it's also coming to the Switch. And do we have a, a we do have a date on this, right? Yep, July ninth. Uh, July ninth. That's like in a month. Yeah, we've been we've been oh, waiting. Exactly. I've been waiting for this for so long. Like this was actually another one that was featured in I think a Nindy Direct in January. This was a this is a while ago, and they're also coming out with a collector's edition as well as just kind of a steelbook and a regular edition. So they have three different editions. Looks like you can find it at Strictly Limited Games. The collector's edition. I was I was looking at it. I was I almost I almost bought it. Almost. I don't it know. Looks what, real good. Real what, good. Yeah. What what stopped me from buying it was the fact that I. <laughs> I have way too many games right now, and I wouldn't know what to do with this. It would just sit on a shelf for a while. Well, you do know that CrossCode is a legit good game. I mean, mm -hmm. it's really highly scored on the PC version of it. It's at 86, on, which is great, uh, and it's coming out in a month. It looks like a Secret of Mana-style combat system, but like souped up to 11. Yeah, it's super it's fast. fast. Yeah, it is yeah. very, very quick. It's got a lot of puzzles, but very much an RPG. Um, I think there's right. still a demo. I at least that's what I played on PC. It's definitely on it's on PC already, the full game. But um yeah. Looks really, really good. July 9th, is that what you had said? Yep. July 9th. Awesome. Another one, Elden Path of the Forgotten. Another one that was announced a while back. They finally put a release date on it. It's another July 9th release date. It's published by another indie, if you're familiar with them. And uh, this one's also coming to the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, as well as the Nintendo Switch. This one this is. This one an... I don't know about. You don't know about this one? We... I actually did an in interview with Dylan, kind of the. It's a solo developer. And it's a, it's an action RPG, very simplistic pixel art. It's not um, it's nothing like Elder Souls, like we were showing you with Elder Soul, Elder Souls, and Crosscode. It's very simplistic. It's, and, it's bad. Well, I don't know if it's bad. Is it bad? I'm looking at video of of the trailer of it right now. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's <laughs> um, it kind of looks like the '80s PC games, especially uh, something like um. Like the uh, was the cinematic platformers, yep. Like like uh, Prince of Persia, but yep. like worse. But wor no. But worse. <laughs> I I I disagree there. I I think it's got it's um it's got that definitely has that art style. Um, I don't know about I don't know about it worse being than Atari age game. Um, it's it's very Atari looking. Mm -hmm. It's not Atari. No, it's not. But it's very Atari looking. It's it, it falls in line with what you'd expect with the NES, except that the animation there's way better. But it's not it's not great. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. El uh yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's serviceable. Elden Path Forgotten coming July 9th. 
Um, <laughs> Tower of Time. This is it. Also, man, these these are these are just coming out hot right now. Yeah, there's June, so many. Wow. Tower of Time announced June twenty sixth. So coming out this month in just over two weeks time. Tower of Time again was originally released on the PC. I actually was able to play this uh, closed beta on Xbox, and it plays really well on on a controller. So that was one of my biggest worries with this with this game is you know is it going to translate over to a console? And it does. It does. It's a, a strategy RPG. It does have some cool kind of. Um, uh, real time, it's kind of. I, I think it's real time with pause. I guess you could make it, but you can make it really kind of turn based as well. Um, but um, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely real time with pause. Yeah, it's it's not bad, and I'm not a real time with pause kind of person. So for me to actually like it, I I think other people will like it as well. Well, real time with pause is make or break depending on how well the queuing system works mm -hmm. with queuing up actions. So. Well, real time with pause on a console is, I think, is one of the more difficult things to do. It's really easy, not easy. It's a lot easier to play real time with pause on a PC with a mouse. To play on with a controller, the controls have to be really good. And the yeah. the the CRPGs real time with pause games that I've played on the Switch have not done well, uh, like Pillars of Eternity. Wasteland 2 was another one. I just did not enjoy those experiences. There are people who like them, and to each his own, but I just, it just wasn't, wasn't for me. Wasn't for me at all. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of numbers on this one. It looks, uh, it looks interesting. Yeah. It, eh. Like I mentioned, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and Real Time with Pause is just has not been my friend recently. Okay. Another one, Banner of the Maid, set to release on the Switch. This is a strategy RPG. This is um, do, do, do when do we have a do we have a date on this? Oh, it just says twenty twenty. I thought we had a date on this. Uh, it previously released on Steam back in uh, February. All right, so it's this coming. Year. So it's coming to the PS4, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch in twenty twenty. I think it, I thought I remember saying early twenty twenty. But I, I don't know. I, I obviously did not link to that article here. Uh, but Banner of Made is a strategy RPG set in alternative or alternate version of the French Revolution. And it's very alternative. <laughs> very alternative. There's a lot of busty anime women in here. Um, what, what do you make They're of this French. one? They're French. They're Fr what does that mean, though? <laughs> I don't know. It's the French Revolution. Oh, it's weird. <laughs> It's weird, um, but yeah, it it actually. Uh, I looked at this beforehand earlier because uh, it like popped up Steam feed for like game interest. And I looked at, it, I'm like, yeah, I would be interested in that. It's like Fire Emblem, but uh, has like a little bit of advanced sworiness with yeah. it, but also like tactic style stuff in there as well. Right. So it's yeah. interesting. When you say Fire Emblem, not Three Houses, you're talking maybe a little bit earlier than that, right? Yeah, well, th so this one has a bit of isometric, uh, has an isometric perspective, which is already in, in the uh, angled way, the diamond isometric instead of like the, the clear-cut flat 
grid view that Fire Emblem has. So that leans a bit more towards what you'd get in tactics games, yeah. like yep. like Final Fantasy Tactics. Jeez, these anime ladies. Wow, go away. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like a distraction. Oh, it's boy. crazy. The French ladies, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then you go into combat, and the combat, the way they present the stats, um, look very much like uh, a Fire Emblem presentation where you have a big giant health meter, they have a health mm-hmm. meter, and you're shooting at each other, and boom, the health meter is deplete. It looks like they also have like like certain units are good or bad against other units, so there's like unit uh, counter counter units and counter units stuff like that, like the weapon triangle and Fire Emblem. Uh, but when you, when they go into combat, you see, so you'll have like one little avatar piece that's on the main battle map, but then when they attack someone else, there's like a whole squadron of units that are attacking. And as the as there are multiple dudes, peoples, whatever, dying on both sides, they get replenished, almost like auto reinforced, uh, by, I guess the, the, so they're the front line, and I guess there's like a secondary front line that kind of goes in to replenish. Uh, so it's it's in- interesting because they when they're doing that, even though you're playing on a on a grid on this like battle map that has I don't know twenty units on it, when they go when each of them go into battle, there's way more. There's like forty units that are taking place in that battle, so it kind of gives it a bigger sense of scale. Mm-hmm. Looks sucks. Interesting. We'll just we'll just say that it looks interesting. Yeah. All right. Next, summer in Mara coming later this month. Summer in Mara is um is kind of a life simulator RPG, kind of akin to my time at Portia, um, Stardew Valley, that sort of kind of thing. Again, not for me, but. People love this stuff. It's it looks like a big world too, or at least a big giant world that you can explore. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has um an uh, maybe three D anime. Maybe does that even make sense? Uh, I wouldn't call it anime at no. all. Okay, I would say it looks more like um, kind of want to say Dora the Explorer. <laughs> well, yeah the the main protagonist looks like Dora yeah. the Explorer. Yeah. But in 3D. This is a game that's made by people in Brazil? Maybe. Is this a South American developed game? Or maybe Spanish developed? I don't know. I've been speaking with them because we do have someone reviewing it. Um, I haven't spoken Portuguese with them. Um, do you speak Portuguese? I do not, oh, unfortunately. Alright, Johnny, just yeah, so you guys I know, 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 is Portuguese... And he doesn't speak the language. Embarrassment. Two of my brothers are, uh, they are citizens of Portugal, and (laughs) I could get my citizenship, but I also don't speak the language, so it feels wrong. Well, I speak the language, I do have my citizenship, and you're an embarrassment. Okay, um, yeah, I don't don't know where they're from, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm actually looking up because now you you got me you got me worried. Oh, now. I got you. I got you curious. I'll I'll queue up the next yeah uh, go, go announcement thing. So there is 
Mm, of course, nothing to really go off of with the headline. Mecha action game, Hardcore Mecha, announced for Switch. So the name of the game is Hardcore Mecha. Mm-hmm. Just Hardcore Mecha. And I wish that there was... I believe I already saw the trailer for this. Maybe I didn't. Yeah, it, huh. it looks like it looks like a um, a side. It's a side-scrolling bullet hell type of game, twin stick shooter type of game. It, yeah, it, it's it's really um, reminds me of Contra, you know. But it, but it's got like the uh, the chibi s kind of looking character design. I want to yeah. say it's it's like a um, what's that game? Uh, Wonderful One Hundred One. Yep. It kind of looks like that, but with but in two D instead of three D. Uh, and there's like dudes, and then the dudes are in mech suits, and they're punching each other. There's a whole lot of cinematic stuff. There's actually really good animation work in here. Mm-hmm. But the art style, like like the chibi thing, I, I don't know. It's not chibi, but it's like chibi esque. You're over that. And now I'm actually now. watching. Uh, well, it's it's all right. I'm I'm not against it, but I'm not for it. Okay. It's not, it's not getting in the way, but there's uh let's see, with, with the actual combat going on, this kind of looks like the that old, old, old school uh, Super Nintendo uh, mech game where you play as the pilot, and then you have a mech, and then, what was it called? It was like Metal? Blaster Master? No, no, no. Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. Awesome game. Hmm. Uh, Super Blaster can- Master? <laughs> No, no, no. You're no, in a mech. Know. It's a side-scroll platformer with lots of shooting, and you can hop out of your mech, and when you yeah. hop out of your mech, your mech is still there. And you're, you're like right. this little tiny, little tiny sprite character, like little itty-bitty thing that you can right, run right. around and have like a little tiny shooter, and you can shoot stuff, but then you can hop back into your mech, and your mech is actually like very big compared to you. Right, oh, right. It was actually really, really good. It was like metal suit something... Oh, or, or I, I don't something know. to do with metal. Uh, it was mm-hmm. it was actually quite cool, and this looks like a spiritual successor to that, almost to the T. I, gotcha. I don't know if you can actually hop out of your mech suit. I there was sequences of the dude running around, so I'm not sure, but it reminds me of that, and that okay. is a good thing because that game is was really cool back in Super Nintendo. Hmm. Well, this I'm game gonna, definitely looks cool too. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to look it up, try to see if I can find it. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, n- another game announced. I think this is the last one. A lot of game announcements uh, coming out June 18th. We have The Bard's Tale remastered and resnarkled. I I don't know. I don't know what that means. Uh, a Bard's Tale is an action RPG, and it's yeah. been again officially been announced uh, for the Switch. In Exile Entertainment will publish the game on June 18th. And they kind of go, uh, they have an overview here. This is a Nintendo Everything article here. I'm just trying to find out what the uh, what the improvements are. And I'm not seeing it here. Uh, but if I, you... Go ahead. I found it. It's called oh. Metal Warrior. I don't know how I could, how I messed that up. But Metal Warrior okay. is a Super Nintendo game. And it's, yeah, it looks like a spiritual successor to that. So I'm down. I might actually check it out. Cool. I, do I remember this game? I have, oh, I do. Remember. I just have to look at the like the the art on the front on the game, and then I know if I've played it or not. And I I have played this. Yeah, you're right. It definitely looks like a Metal Warrior game. Yeah, that's awesome. And that game was that game was cool because you 
Yeah, had, had like your whole, and I think you could even like hop into other mech suits too. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Yep. Yeah. All right, back to Bard's Tale. Um, yep. Again, it's an action RPG. I'm I'm looking at gameplay of it, and man, it just I don't know if it's aged well. To be honest with you, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know about this one. If you're a fan of Bard's Tale, this may be right right up your alley, but. Again, I'm not sure if this is aged gracefully. It looks like they didn't update the PS2 graphics at all. No. <laughs> or was it PS2 or was it Xbox, the original Xbox? I forgot which. I think it was on the original Xbox and didn't come to PS2, although I'm not sure about that. Well, I mean, they say remastered and re-snarkled. I mean, like I had said, I was trying to figure out what the, like, the improvements were. And it just tells you what the game includes. You know, it's got 50 enemy types, not counting bosses, a vast world to explore with towns, wild forests, and rivers, full cast of bizarre NPCs. Um, you know, it's got a lot of unique items. But again, I was just looking for improvements, and it's just not. It's just not in this in this article, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it's it's old, and I don't know. I would. I would say that there's better games to play than this one, but if you're yeah. jonesing for something to play, if you played them all, all the better games, then maybe you might want to play this. Yeah. Well, again, if it's up to you, if if you're into it, then go right ahead. But um, hang on one second. Da, 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 da. Sorry. Um. Okay. That's gonna do it for new game announcements. Holy cow. That was. That we was probably cool. missed a bunch. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. All right. Fell Seal Arbiter's Mark Missions and Monsters expansion arrives June 23rd. And what does this include, you ask? It is a $12.99 US dollar expansion, and it, it, it includes uh, recruit and tame monsters to join your roster, customize your monster allies with new wow, monster subclass system. Uh, unlock three new human classes, the Beastmaster, Samurai, and Wrangler. Uncover new equipment and crafting recipes. This is a beefy... Uh, discover five new locations featuring combination of larger encounter battles and popular named monster enemies. Uh, new songs, new challenges, new in-game system to send recruits out on missions to let you collect new rewards. This, Like I said, this is a pretty beefy DLC here. It's big. It, it's it is a min maxer's dream. That's what that is. Yeah, I I, I can't. I I think I wanna I wanna get it. Can can you buy it for me? Is it free? Is it free free if, DLC? No, I I if you were listening, I said it was twelve ninety nine. Ah, well then, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. No, I, I mean it looks it, it's 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 quite expensive, quite expensive, and it's coming out soon. But I, I think it, it would actually be worth it. It's just um, knowing how these types of games play, these tactics-style games that, that I actually play and love, uh, they are lengthy. <laughs> and and every time they have something like this that comes out where it's like, oh, you can, you can collect all sorts of different monsters and you can customize how they look. And, and you can play classes. forever. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, what's, what's the other one? The Disgaea... Um, like yep. those games, they're just so long, so long, mm-hmm. too long. So uh, more of it. That's yep. a, that's not a good thing for me. Oh boy. 
So yeah, come out June 23rd. Speaking of DLC, we have another one on June 17th. Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Isle of Armor DLC will launch. Do you know anything about this? Yeah, it's the first major expansion to Pokemon. I am not an avid Pokemon follower, um, to be honest with you. So what what is okay, this? So way back when uh, Nintendo or the Pokemon company uh, announced that there was going to be two major expansions. This is the first of the major expansions, and it's going to apparently there's like some big stuff in there. Like the from what I heard, the wild area is actually bigger than the wild area of the main game. Twice the size. That I, is crazy. I'm reading that. that that's why. <laughs> that is crazy. And, and there's there's more Pokemon. So they expanded the the Pokedex, the, na- the National Dex, I think it's mm. called. Um and more story content there's new legendaries and depending on how you go through it you can pick and choose like augment the legendary to get unique move sets depending on stuff that you decide to do yep maybe that's on the other expansion one of the expansions has that or maybe both of them have that but yeah it's big it's it looks like a a nice big giant expansion well worth the price that they are setting for it uh, with the expansion pass. Uh, okay. Or at least this one definitely looks like it, especially when you have a wild area, which is probably the most interesting part of the new Pokemon games, is the fact that it has this wild area that's very explorable, and now they took what was already there and expanded on it in a big way and made it made the environment fairly different in this expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, wild, the wild area. It's, it's more diverse as to what you are actually going through so that's that's exciting it sounds like a lot for these people that love pokemons yeah i i i used to be not used to be i i got into it for a little bit when i wanted to catch them all and i just can't do it anymore i've never wanted to catch them all i I just wanted to play play the game i never wanted to catch them all though and that was probably my problem um i just wanted to catch them all because i found you know the story is just kind of lackluster in, in almost all of them. I think we see this all the time. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I needed something to do in the game, so I tried, just tried to collect them all. That was pretty dang close. But, um, yeah. Coming out soon. Hey, this, this next little news tidbit, I bet you're super excited about that. I am. It's not even Switch-related. That's why I put it on here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalar. This is... When we went... Um, I don't know, maybe a few episodes back, we talked about EA, right? And yeah. what, what things we'd like them to come out with. I think we mentioned kind of, uh, did we mention like Mass Effect and everything? Uh, this this was one game that I mentioned, was Kingdoms of uh, yeah. Amalar. And Absolutely. They're, they're remaking it, not remaking it. They're remastering it, I guess. Um, so yeah, THQ Nordic has confirmed that it will be releasing a remaster of Kingdoms of Amalar following a leak for the game. The remaster will be released under the title Kingdoms of Amalar Re-Reckoning uh, for PC and consoles this summer. Not for Switch, but you guys gotta know about it, right? Uh, and includes gameplay refinement and all the original DLC. A number of outlets have indicated a release date of August 18, 2020, but it's not been confirmed yet. I think it's probably going to come to the Switch. I mean, it coincides very well with uh, EA's kind of turnabout position with Switch support. Yeah. 
So, you know, they got to put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, and I mean, they, what they this, said they wanted to do. Because it ran on last-gen hardware, so it's going to run on current-gen hardware. Yeah, I, I this is if you haven't played this, I mean it, it's on PS3 and I think Xbox 360. It's 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 a really fun and it's a it's a good game, despite all of its you know the background on it you know with 38 games and all the other baloney that went along with it. It's just it's just a real good game and it's just unfortunate that that I think it's kind of I don't know not not a hidden gem. It's just kind of not talked about a lot. I think. Oh, but, there's always that that little tidbit at the end, right? And the asterisk, right? Right, right. Yeah. But I'd love to see this expanded on as well, not just kind of a remaster. I'd like to see a like a sequel or like an expansive, uh, yeah, a sequel, expansive sequel, because it's a pretty involved game. I think it's about forty to fifty hours for for a game, which is pretty good. Well, depending, I guess. Yeah, too long. For some. Make the game shorter. Well, oh, qu- quality, right? You want quality over quantity. Yeah, quality. definitely quality. Quality is there. It can be as long as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Like Xenoblade Chronicles? Like Tactics Ogre. Okay. Uh, Persona 4 Golden coming to the PC on June 13th. Now, what does this mean, right? This could mean a lot of things, right? This was a... Was this a PS Vita exclusive? PS4 Golden? It is on ps2 well it's oh, on P- golden golden's psp psp or v i don't even know let's okay let's i'm sorry sure PSP. we're not gonna go p and v talk um but ps i th- it's on it's on a playstation handheld i the playstation persona 4 is definitely on the ps2 because i have that as well i have it yeah um never even never even fired it up though but it's covered <laughs> it's covered to this p the pc and and it had been a Sony exclusive, and now it's still a console exclusive, so this doesn't really mean much, I guess, but the hopes is, and the reason why I'm bringing this up, is that I'd love to see this come out for the Switch, and I definitely think it can run on, on the Switch. Heck, it ran on a PlayStation uh, handheld, right? So Vita, not PSP. That's strange. I could have sworn it came on the PSP, but yeah, it's a Vita game. So if it can run on Vita... I mean, this this should be able to run on a Switch, but Absolutely. again, it's it's still console exclusive. Just, just the fact that it's coming out on PC just kind of makes me hope, you know, makes me hope. You, you you did you play? I mean, I have it on PlayStation Two, but I'd never played it. I just have it. Did you play it? No, no, I have it. I just yeah. never played it. I have it on PS2. I got it. Just never, never actually fired it up. It's, um, I don't know, five left a bad taste in my mouth. Mm, that's too bad. I think I will try to endure five for at least the next dungeon. Because those dungeons are long. They're, yeah. they're super long. It's like each dungeon's like 10 hours. Wow. Because wow. you're you're going to it, you're leaving over and over again. You're you're going there, you're exploring, you're doing stuff. You can't complete it the first time you go through it. The second time you go through it, it takes like multiple instances. Every time you leave, you're going back to school. You're hanging out with your crowd and stuff like that. So it's it's a chore. It's a big yeah. chore. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, 
All right, moving on to the meaty news, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night has sold over 1 million copies worldwide. Yeah. That's crazy. 1 that's million? Amazing. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That is, that is awesome. All right. So the developers has sent out a thank you message and noted that the game hasn't had an easy road, but our happy fans like it. So we have, uh, they have slated a 2020 development roadmap. Now, this was a Kickstarter game. I, we kind of discussed this off, off uh, screen, off podcast. I don't know, whatever. My opinion with these Kickstarter games is that they're, they're almost like shackled to these games for forever. Like, I would like to see them move on from this and see what else they can do instead of coming up with a roadmap for 2020. Like, literally, the first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter. So all of 2020, they're tying their hands to this game. And, and some of these are Kickstarter promises or goals or stretch goals. So, I mean, in a way, they're doing what they do best, obviously. It's done really well. I want I want to see what else they can do. And it's and you had mentioned this kind of with Shovel Knight as well. They they're in the same situation where they're they're just kind of doing Shovel Knight stuff like all the time. Like what else can Yacht Club games do? Like I want to see I want to see that. Well they're, they are boosting the franchise. This, this has now become a franchise, right? It's mm -hmm. not one game. It's two games. And there there's likely more that I'm missing, but there are there's that NES Curse of the Moon and then there's the Bloodstain game, mm -hmm. the, main, the main meaty game, Bloodstain, uh, Ritual of the Night. And that right there has solidified a franchise. And if they treat the fans well by doing, making sure that they fully satisfy all of the things that they're going to, that they said that they're going to do. And it kind of seems like this might be a little bit more than what was asked for within the Kickstarter. Yep. Just this roadmap that they have planned for the rest of this year. They're kind of going a Above and beyond the Call of Duty. And that is great because this, I think, is going to just kind of obviously lead into a sequel. This is uh, partially developed by Way Forward. Way yeah. Forward did this with Shantae. And that's yeah. like their big franchise, right? They have a one Shantae game after another. It's just more and more Shantae's. And we're not going to cover it, but there's... There was a news article somewhere that I read that Shantae is actually going to have its own little uh, uh, animated series. Yeah, no, I, I did read that as well. And actually, we we're I think, in the process of reviewing, or we just got a review out for Shantae. I, I don't know which one. The one with the seven something? Yeah, the newest one. Yeah, so it's a Metroidvania. Uh, I, that's all I really kind of know about it. Um, but yeah, they could be setting themselves up for a sequel. It's a possibility. Let me just uh, let me just go over this roadmap. So quarter two, they have boss revenge mode and the chroma wheel. Boss revenge mode take control of one of four in-game bosses and use them to battle the heroes of Bloodstain. So it's kind of like a reverse reverse game. Chroma wheel is the salon is back in business with more options, with more options than ever for character customization, including hair, clothing, skin color. Switch up your look. With the true color selector and eliminating preset options previously available, and that is coming on June twenty third. Wow, I didn't even realize that was coming out this this quickly. 
Uh, then the quarter three, they have chaos mode and versus mode. And then they have a special crossover content and classic mode. Hmm. So that the classic mode looks like it's another kind of boss rush thing. It says right here that Miram, which who's the main character, uh, faces off against a series of sub bosses laid out across five harrowing stages. So it's kind of like taking Bloodstained and turning, taking assets from it and laying it out in a way that plays like an old school Castlevania 1, Castlevania 2, Castle, or not 2, but Castlevania 1, 3, and 4, right. or 5 uh, style games, where it's the linear progression, going through a level, you take a hit, you get sent back five feet. Right. That's what I'm getting from it, like the old okay. school Castlevania style playing. Kind of like what they, weirdly enough, did already with Curse of the Moon, um, but I'm guessing it's going to play like Curse of the Moon, but be presented in the same graphical prowess as uh, Ritual of the Night. Right. Uh, then Chaos Mode is a specialized boss rush for one to two players. The mode includes randomized drops and special sub-goals that will grant more equipment when completed. Collect the best drop, collect the best, drop the rest as you build power to defeat all the bosses. So they're, they're also getting a uh, boss rush mode. And then finally, quarter four, they have a playable um new playable character and special more special crossover content so they have two special crossover content coming in so does that mean they're taking their stuff and putting it into other ips or is other ips putting their stuff into their game i don't because know because they, they did have shovel knight they put shovel knight in ritual of the night I mean, it's a possibility Shovel Knight can be in this. It's a possibility oh, that Shantae could be in this as well, um, with working that, with Way. That's probably it. Yeah, it working with Way Forward. So, yeah. um, I mean, but they have two. They have two of those events planned. So who knows? Yeah, I'm excited. This this is just to me. This is just good news. I do want to see what they're going to do next. But that group, that team, wasn't. They went through multiple teams in order to develop Ritual of the Night. Right. So, you know, they they had the initial group they're probably not working with at all together. And the team that kind of finished the project or, or you know, delivered the finished product and now is continuing development is probably the same team. And now it's just a matter of seeing them, hopefully them taking it and moving forward with it. And hopefully, uh, Iga is still involved and is planning Ritual of the Night 2 or Bloodstained 2, whatever they want to call it. I would hope so. I, w I, would, I would really hope so. Because yeah. you, you hate to get those masterminds, you know, like the people who really, truly understand their, like, their own world. Um, you you want to keep those guys, you know, in it as much as you can. Yeah, right. and right. Bloodstained Bloodstain's phenomenal. I, I keep saying it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal game. It's one of the best Castlevania, Metroidvania-style Castlevania out Yeah. Well, it's it's gotten quite the improvements on the Switch, which really definitely needed. It took took like seven months, but hey, it is what it is. All right, some eShop news. Now, this is a tale of three regions, okay? Uh, we have the U.S. eShop digital only. Uh, we have the Japanese eShop and then the UK eShop. They all have different number ones. 
I mean, I think they probably have the relatively like the same top, maybe three, four, five. But yeah, uh, the US eShop has a game that I mentioned, Minecraft Dungeons dethroning again. These are digital versions, uh, dethroning Animal Crossing um, as number one, and then number three is Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. But considering how much Animal Crossing is being played right now. I think everybody just has their copies. There aren't new copies being bought. Um, but yeah, Minecraft Dungeons is is up there. That is that is good to see. I, I love I love seeing that. Well that, that game is gonna continue to sell. That's gonna be one of the best selling games for the Switch this year. Yeah. I, Minecraft Dungeons? Yeah, because it's it's got the Minecraft name. Mm-hmm. It executes what it set out to do in a very good way. And it's taking it's sort of a nice transition from the original Minecraft, taking that target demographic of a younger audience who have since grown up and are looking for something, you know, else. something else, but still related to this franchise that they love. So yeah. seems like a grand slam for them. Yeah. And it's got some DLC coming up uh, soon as well. So. Yeah, Minecraft Dungeons. Um, that's again, that's the US eShop. Now we go over to Japan. Uh, what do we have there? We have Animal Crossing remaining number one. Uh, even though Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is, is still is out, you know? Uh, but, it, but it is at number two. It is at number two. And it's actually it's it's only ten thousand units, I think, right? Difference, yeah. Difference, the difference which, uh, give or take, like right around eleven thousand difference. Yeah, so I'd say maybe you know the next time we talk about this, Xenoblade Chronicles Two may finally surpass Animal Crossing. <laughs> but who knows? That ain't happening. You don't think so? No way. Like, like I told you, like everyone must have Animal Crossing already. Nobody's buying it anymore, right? Uh, they got just the that week another hundred k, which is ten ten or eleven k more than Xenoblade Chronicles when Xenoblade Chronicles just released. Just released. All right, fine. Maybe people are still buying it. You got it. Whatever. Uh, Animal Crossing has, I believe now, one million more than uh, Smash. That's incredible. Uh, I am. It's almost going to have one million more than Smash, which is the second, officially the second best-selling Switch game. So yeah. that's how crazy Animal Crossing is. It beats Smash. Right. And yeah, that's it's it's insane how Animal Crossing just kind of skyrocketed right up there. Yeah. And but then, for sales-wise, for Xenoblade Definitive Edition, that's big. Because the original on Wii, I don't think, sold that well for its opening week. In Japan? In Japan. Really? Yeah. I mean, why? Like we were clamoring to get that game in the West here. Sure. But that was because we realized how awesome of a game it was. Mm -hmm. When Xenoblade first came out on the Wii, that was a brand new game, brand new franchise. Right. So you know, I'm, I'm going to see if I can try to find out what the opening week sales was for that. I'll try to do some research. But I, I do know this, that the next one that we're going to cover, the UK stuff, you might want to tie into that right now then. Yeah, uh, UK charts. Now, this is just video games in general. This is not eShop related um, at all. But Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is a new entry this week, and it's number one. 
and this was one of the first regions that got Xenoblade Chronicles localized, right? This was the first English version. It was in the UK. And they seem to be loving it as well, with Animal Crossing being dethroned as as number one. So that's number two. And then Call of Duty Modern Warfare, number three. And Grand Theft Auto is number four? Holy, Grand Theft Auto five. Why is it still on this list? The game was released like ten years ago. It never does. My goodness. And Minecraft switches on there. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles uh, Definitive Edition is number one as a new entry this week. So it is just absolutely skyrocketed. Uh, and this is the GFK Top 10. I'm not sure what GFK stands for. Maybe you're, uh, you know, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So yeah, the Tale of Three Regions, they're all, they're all different. We've got Minecraft Dungeons in the US. We have uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition in uh, the UK. And uh, Japan still has, they're still playing Animal Crossing. All right. So Xenoblade, the original, in Japan... Lifetime sales is nearly 200,000. That's it? That's it. Wow. So, uh, well, that was by the end of 2013. We can kind of assume it didn't really sell that much more after 2013. Okay. But that's just Japan. So in one week, the Xenoblade on Switch did half that. In one week. That's... That, I, I, is that the power of the Switch, though? Like, not, I don't mean, like, the like graphical power. It's just, like, the, the people, just, everyone's playing on the Switch. Well, the Wii was, did have more, more systems out there than the Switch, so... Well, yeah, in, like, nursing homes and, like, elderly, like, things no like matter, that. It had the bigger, <laughs> we're talking uh, an install base that is a little less than double the size of the Switch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Xenoblade definitely, the original release on the Wii, definitely had a huge install base like the Switch does. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. The fan, the Switch fan base is more avid and and looking for more interesting games to play. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a very big telling sign that you know the original sold 200k and that the trajectory of this definitive edition on Switch is already poised to outpace it by a fairly dramatic amount. Gotcha. That, that's crazy. Um, I am going to remove one of these here. Uh-oh. Yep, that's, that's gone. Gone. We're, okay. not ta- we're not talking about that. We're moving on to the Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds oh, no. first... What? What? What were you saying? Oh, we're good. We're good. We're good. All right. The Outer Worlds for Switch target 720p handheld and 1080p docked at 30 fps target that means it's targeting that it's trying it's it's really trying real hard um but digital digital foundry uh we all know who digital foundry is right they're they're the guys who make and break games uh like they really get into the nitty-gritty um as to what games are doing you know uh resolution wise sound wise they they measure the performance uh the frame rate performance they measure the resolution as you as you said they they let you know like oh at this moment it's actually running in 540p and at this moment it's running at 1080 mm-hmm. well here's the thing it's it's not doing any of that <laughs> yeah. um virtuous studios they're the ones who claim that any current gen game can come to the switch but again yeah they can but at what cost right 
So if you if you watch, I I didn't watch their um con- their video. I've watched other videos that compared the game side by side. There's just the on the Switch, the textures are flatter. They are there are less objects on the screen at a time, so they've removed things like trees and bushes, like they're they're not even there. Um, I've seen games or some people playing games where objects and textures are popping in all of the time. I think I think a patch has kind of helped with that. It still happens. It does still happen. But I I would say, you know, it is not the prettiest of ports. I've seen worse, like Mutineer Zero um, is certainly worse. Worse, really? Yeah, <laughs> a lot worse. Um, and it's also not current gen. This is like this is definitely current gen. Well, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, it is. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I was, uh, had to correct myself there. Yeah, um, but I mean, what what are what are your thoughts here? It looks ugly, real ugly. Like this this game got hit by the ugly stick multiple times. Like it was a pretty looking game on you know PC, PlayStation Four, whatnot. Uh, and then they just took the ugly stick and beat it over the head, senseless. It's bad. And not only that, but just based on, you know, watching the full video of, of Digital Foundry, the load times that are kicking in randomly on a game that shouldn't, once you're loaded into a, just load times kicking in when you're exploring the open world and I've you get had, a load. Yeah, I've had that happen once. I've played about 10 hours and I've had it in, that's only happened once to me. Yeah. Um, and that, should, that shouldn't happen. No, no, it definitely shouldn't happen. The load times in general from zone to zone are almost a minute. <laughs> they, oh. they, are, they are very long. Now, but here's the other thing. I've seen videos where people who have had modded switches, they, they kind of, they're able to play with a lot of these the settings. They can make their processing unit faster. They can unlock basically a lot of different stuff. And I've seen it look a lot better. So I think there is room for improvement. I don't know. Again, no. I I don't know at what cost though. Like, uh, it, the cost is too high because the the geometry of the world is significantly pulled back to a crazy amount. The the models, the actual three D models, do not have as many polygons in there. They're not as highly detailed. But not only that, the big thing for me is that they strip away so much from the environment, stuff that's decorative, stuff that's just there to further enhance and sell the world, these fantastical worlds, these alien worlds that you're exploring. Uh, For example, you're going through an area that looks forested on the normal version, but when you're going through it on the Wii, it looks like a barren desert. It's it's gone. They took out all the trees. Yeah, well, I mean, that's obviously... uh... Like that—that's graphic graphical power, right? That'll take away from from uh, from a steady frame rate, you know, all those yeah, textures. It's, it's more objects that 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 need to be drawn, and instead of drawing them to improve the the processing, they remove them. Uh, but that fundamentally changes how you're going to perceive the world and and the feel of the world itself. Yeah, in a bad way. Yeah. I don't. You're you're right. Uh, definitely visually, there's an issue. I I haven't experienced a lot of the, um, a lot of those load times in the middle of a zone. I haven't experienced. I've only experienced it once. 
And obviously, yes, it shouldn't happen, it, but it does happen. You know, we're dealing with a switch here. It is an inferior piece of hardware. It's it's we're not dealing with a like a Xbox X or anything like that. Um, I I have experienced long wait time, low times, almost a minute sometimes, most times anyway. And I have experienced a lot of texture popping. Um, so as you're kind of just progressing through an area. Uh, you'll start to notice uh, trees popping up, sometimes people popping up. And at one time, I've, I've even seen this somewhere else, but at one time I was fighting a group of marauders and all of a sudden there are like, I don't remember what kind of enemies they were. They're like werebears, just like all of a sudden, like things just got in, like insane. Like where did these guys come from? They literally spawned right where I was. And the battle that where I was... Uh, you know, taking care of these marauders, all of a sudden just, I actually, it, it party wiped. It just instantly killed me. So I wasn't even expecting them, and they were, like, way beyond my level. And I, I've had that happen a couple of times. And actually, once where I was, I actually recorded it, so if you do watch the Let's Play that I'm doing, I caught it. It's it's there. Um, so I know, I definitely know I'm not the only one who's experienced that as well. But, I mean, does it take away from the experience? Um... Yeah, there's a little bit of immersion uh, breaking there. I would I would say so, but the game does it. I haven't had any frame rate drops or like stuttering or anything like that. Uh, so it does consistently run smooth, but obviously that's at the expense of resolution and textures and all that other stuff. Um, uh, it you know what you experience and and other people experience. You know it. Your mileage may vary because. Yeah. There have been very bad uh, frame rate reporting in certain instances. So it, you know, just because you didn't get it is doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who knows what other people's experience might get? But I, uh, just in Digital Foundry's video, right, it, the frame rate drops down to twenty frames a second. Yeah, that's bad. It's real I, bad. I also think. I also think because this was happening to me in Minecraft Dungeon. Minecraft Dungeons was stuttering and fr- like like it was laggy when there were a lot of enemies on the screen on my original day one switch. I stole my daughter's Animal Crossing switch and I started playing on that. I didn't experience it once. Interesting. So I think there's definitely something um, that has to be. There's something in there, obviously, right? Um, potentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it, I think that, something to it. it has to do with storage and potential fragmentation of the storage, but it could uh, be that. But I, I think there's there's definitely more, not significantly more. There's I think there's more horsepower under there. Uh, there's better um, power management in there as well. So there's this this something. What's that on the Switch Lite? Not the Switch Lite. The the second ver- version two of the Switch. Oh yes, yes. There. Well, it's supposed to be better efficiency, but mm-hmm. uh, if if there is an actual boost in something, it, it might be a boost. Who knows? Maybe the eternal memory was actually sped up a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. there's there's definitely something going on. It's newer tech, so I mean, you would think hopefully slight, very slight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Why, why don't you um, take us to the next the next one here? So this was just interesting to watch. So this this comes directly from Game Explain. Uh, 
they are some cool dudes and peeps and whatnots, and they decided, or one of them decided to go through and play and beat all the uh, Western-released Castlevania games. So they went through, like, 32 Castlevania games, or, or this one person played and beat all 32 of the Castlevania games. And they put together their ranked list of what they believe is the best. And there's a bunch of games in here. Uh, we're not going to cover them all. Some of them, I think, deserve a bit to be a bit on a higher, by higher, I mean better spot than some of the others. For example, I don't think Castlevania 64 should be as as low ranked on this list as it is. I think that is certainly a better game than I would say Lament of Innocence, which I actually never beat because the game was really long and I came very close to beating it, uh, but it just wasn't good enough to keep me going. Whereas I did beat Castlevania 64 and Legacy of Darkness, which is kind of the same game, uh, multiple times. So there's, there's that. But either way, I, I still wouldn't put Castlevania 64 super high. Yeah, but, I, mean, I mean, it's a list of 32 games. They have uh, Castlevania 64 at 29. At 29 out of 32. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not in a good position. Uh, and Castlevania Legends is bad. That, that is the one that released on the PlayStation. That was not a very well-done release, and it's one above that, so that's not that's not good praise. Also, Castlevania Judgment, which is the Castlevania fighting game, like, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so bad. It's so bad and terrible, yet that is a better-rated game than Castlevania 64. Right. I'm just going to get on the Castlevania 64 soapbox. It's not that bad. Uh, it plays very much like a traditional Castlevania game. Either way, the top, some notable things within the top 10, they managed to put in um, their best rated 3D Castlevania game, and of which there are two that they have on here. Number 10 is Curse of Darkness, which I never played that one. No. And then uh, right above that, number 9 is Lords of Shadow 2, which I played the first one, I never played the second one because the first one really upset me because it was just not a Castlevania game. <laughs> but they have it there, so I don't know. They they rated that's pretty high rated. When they rated that higher than Dracula X Chronicles, higher than Harmony of Despair, uh, and well, not Harmony of Despair, Harmony of Dissonance, and higher than Circle of the Moon. That is crazy. That it's higher than Circle of the Moon. Those two games. So I might actually want. I, I actually want to check out those two games that I missed out on because of how highly rated uh, they are on this list in comparison to Circle of the Moon and Harmony of Dissonance, which are great Castlevania games on the Game Boy Advance. Harmony of Despair, that's another one. I don't think that should be at number 16. It's definitely worse than Circle of the Moon by a landslide, um, but different reasons. Uh, some cool stuff that they have on here is uh, the rest of their top 10. So it goes... Number 10, Curse of Darkness. Number 9, Lords of Shadow 2. And then number 8, Dawn of Sorrow. Number 7, Portrait of Ruin. Number 6 is the original Castlevania, the first one. Mm -hmm. Number 5 is Super Castlevania 4, which is a remake of the very first one, but for Super Nintendo. Excellent game. Uh, number 4, Symphony of the Night. That, to me, is a big shocker because most people think Symphony of Night is the best one. Is the one, and, right, the go-to. 
it's the go well it's definitely one of the go-to's and I'm with most people I would actually place at number three on this list so the fact that they put it at number four to me is like yeah they they got it they got it they're good number three is Rondo of Blood no. which is the that- better version of Dracula X okay because Rondo of Blood is not I don't believe that's even a is that a western release uh, thought- you might be able to get it. Uh, they did remake it on the PSP or Vita. Okay. I'll, they I'll... packaged it together with uh, Symphony of the Night. They kind of made it 3D and spruced up the graphics and stuff like that. Okay. I'm just, I'm just uh, looking it, it up right now. Different name. Maybe that was the Dracula X Chronicles. Maybe that's what that was. But Rondo of Blood was the original. The game originally released on like some not non-Super Nintendo thing yeah i think it was pc engine or something like that yeah pc engine super cd uh rom system so and that was the original release of it that that was how the game was intended to be played and that game is awesome it's so awesome that they listed it so many times on here they listed at number 26 with dracula x which is the super nintendo version they listed it at uh dracula x chronicles which i believe is that psp symphony of night uh combo thing and then they listed again the Rondo of Blood, the original, you know, the, the definitive edition of it. Now, I don't think that's better in Symphony of the Night, but it is an excellent game. It's the best non-Metroidvania Castlevania. Hmm. It's definitely the best of that category. Um, and then number two is Ari of Sorrow. And Ari of Sorrow, to me, I would argue could be the number one game. It number- is that good. Number one, really? It could be. Yeah, I, I, I bounce between. So to me, Symphony Night and Ari of Sorrow are two of the best. And for some odd reason, people tend to forget about the number one game that they have on this list, which is Order of Ecclesia, which I also think, when it comes to like execution, it is the best Castlevania. Okay. By far, it is the best executed, best polished. There, there's the best music and graphics, like everything about it. It's the top of its class. Uh, so I kind of bounce between those three as my three definitives: is Symphony, Aria, and Order of Ecclesia. Uh, and I actually wouldn't, me personally, I wouldn't put Symphony of Night at number one because the games that come after it have polished and refined that experience to an excellent degree, especially Order of Ecclesia. Mm-hmm. So Order of Ecclesia is three Castlevanias after Ari of Sorrow. Ari of Sorrow is three Castlevanias after Symphony of the Night. So they each have, like, there's big leaps that each of those three games make. And all three right. of them are just, like, gold right there. And the yeah. fact that they listed Order of Ecclesia as number one, tip of the hat to them. Good for you. They're bold. Bold move. Ah, I like it. I like it. I, I would actually, I can see that. I, I see that, and I'm like... Number one, Order of Ecclesia? Okay, I'm down. Okay. Now, now here's the thing. You're looking at this list, right? I'm looking at all the Castlevania games I didn't play, and there's about maybe, I don't know, like 28 of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've played Castlevania, the the original um, on the NES. I've played Symphony of the Night. I've played uh, Belmont's Revenge, Castlevania 2, which is also um, on the NES, I think. Yep. And um, what's the one on the Super NES? Um, Super Castlevania. Uh, there you go. That's it. I, everything else, I've just... Wow. 
You, I, kn- I know nothing. Soul. Wow. You should totally play the Game Boy Advance and DS Castlevania games. Maybe. Maybe I will. It's almost. It's almost. You should probably feel dirty for not playing <laughs> any of them because they're they are all absolutely so good. But you know so what? I played some decent ones though, so I'm I'm all set. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. You kind of played uh, the six, five, and four. Yeah. And uh, wherever two is uh, nineteen. <laughs> so I played. I played a wide variety of them. Yeah. Uh, but even then, it's been a long, long time since I since I played them. Ari of Sorrow is that is definitely something worth experiencing. Yeah, but it's My- it, this is definitely that this was a great project too. I, I this kudos to them though. It was they the video was like thirty some odd minutes long, yeah. and they kind of go into really good detail, pretty much giving a a good uh, review for every single game in in this this lineup and explaining why uh, it should be praised. What it did right, what it did wrong, why it wasn't. I mean, that's not, that. that's not surprising for Game Explain. I mean, they they can you know describe a penny right, and it, it'll, it'll take them forty five minutes to do that. That's just yeah. what, that's just what they do. That's good I, content. I ate it all up. It's great content. I love the content they do there. All right, so yeah, moving on from that, um, a lot of Castlevania stuff there. Wow. Again, again I just realized I'm so deprived. You are. <laughs> Totally deprived. Uh, Nintendo applies for some new trademarks. Trademarks? Uh, did I say trademarks? You said trademarks. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Trademarks. I never do that. Mocks, got- man. Trademarks. Dang it. You got me. All right. So, yeah, Nintendo applies for some new trademarks, uh, including Game Boy Advance and Wii U. Um, one is... Uh, Japanese, I can't read. The other one is Paper Mario Origami King. Not surprising there. Um, another one was me, like uh, the uh, Wii Mies. I, I mean, they still use those, right? So that's not surprising. Yeah. Um, Game Boy Advance was one. Wii U was one. Again, they got to keep up with these. I don't know how often they do, but they got to keep up with these trademarks. Excite Truck was another. So we haven't seen an Excite Truck game, have we? Uh, the last one I believe was for the Wii. Really? It was like a launch title. Yeah. Ah, yes. Okay, I'm seeing that now. So who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see that pop up again. Um, another interesting one was Wave Bird. That is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, are we gonna get? I mean, I know they. I think they was it them they did it for for the Super Smash. They they did a release for the. Uh, it was a GameCube controller. Or was that Power A? Was it at one of their second party? It wasn't people? the Wave Bird. What? It was Nintendo that did the Wave Bird, but the Wave Bird wasn't for Smash. No, no, because, it was it was the wireless version of the GameCube controller. Yeah. Because Smash was essentially a launch title, mm-hmm. and the Wave Bird came out. I don't know, maybe like two years into the GameCube, maybe yeah. three years into the GameCube. So it came more towards the mid to late era of the GameCube, and the Wave Bird was excellent. But the fact that they are Re because the I guess the Wave Bird is still being produced and sold to some degree, uh, at, at the very least with third parties. Uh, so I can see why, but it's also it's very interesting that yeah. they are refreshing the Wave Bird. Yeah, I, in I, addition I, to the other two things. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think they again. This is just stuff that they got to keep up on. Uh, they don't want people to take the the Wavebird kind of design and logo and all that stuff and create it on their own. I mean, even though there are some people that or some companies that do that, but obviously this is kind of their their only protection uh, against against people just copying it outright. So. Yeah, some interesting stuff there. Again, I'm not totally surprised. This is just again, this is just something that they they always they always have to make sure they're all on top of. You are surprised? I'm surprised with the Wii U. Mm -hmm. That's a big surprise to me because that's recent. So I don't know why they would need to refresh a trademark for the Wii U. Well, how how recent is when did the Wii U come out? Well, typically trademarks last I think like 20 years. Is it 20 years? Well, I don't know what it's like, what the laws are in Japan, but like certainly 10 or more. But the Wii U, that was what, 2012? 2012. 2013? 2012? So they should still have a bit more time before refreshing the Wii U, but yet they're refreshing it. And then they're refreshing it in conjunction with the Game Boy Advance. And those two things have a whole lot in common with the Switch. The Wii, the Wii U, obviously, is pretty, the Switch is pretty much the better Wii U, it's, mm -hmm. and it's got crazy amounts of ports. And the Game Boy Advance is the last handheld that can easily port its game library over to the Switch. Yes. Yeah, so the, the reason why I say easily is because after that, it's the DS and the 3DS, of which you need to, there's stylus issues there are dual screen issues that have to be considered mm -hmm. so those aren't straightforward ports but game boy advance that is a straightforward port you could take the entire game boy advance library bring it to the switch no problem at all except for that weird game where you have to be out in the sunlight <laughs> <laughs> well you have to be in the what in the sunlight yeah well, oh and the warrior wear twisted game no there you can there is a uh, a light detector or something on on the switch itself so that could that could come over it could. It's it's not as trivial as a port, though. No, I I think um I think that one. It's just more of adaptive brightness. I I don't know what else it does. Maybe there's some other function with that. I'm I'm not entirely it's sure. A Kojima game. I'm sorry. What? It it's a Kojima game. Oh okay. Where you where you I think you fight vampires. <laughs> and and you do better in the daytime. Well, yeah, you have to, there's like a you have to be in the light, and it sort of builds up a light energy meter or whatever that you can then use to, to shoot what kill vampires, something like that. I think it's like an RPG. Interesting. It's so weird. I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a very odd game. It starts, I think it starts with an S the name of it. Okay. It's weird. Yeah, You're going to look I, it up. No, I'm not looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking it up. Okay. Uh, Monolith soft. Um, not sure if, if you don't know who Monolith Soft, they are the developers of Xenoblade Chronicles. They recently have celebrated their 10th anniversary with some new art. There's kind of a cool, um, wallpaper, I guess. I, I kind of wish they went at it a different way. Um, so I could put it as the desktop because I like it. I can put it on my phone. That won't, that won't be a problem, but they released a cool, not a kind of like new, like, I guess wallpaper, I guess you could call it desktop background. Um, it's got, is that Mithra in the middle? Do you see that? That is not Mithra. Who, oh, then I don't know who that is. Not you me. should. I, I don't know who that is yet. 
That I uh, I think the name is Almira. I don't know who that is yet. Okay. Uh, then we have Rex holding his his sword, and then we have Shulk yeah. holding his sword. You already beat the game. For what? That's Z that's Xenoblade oh, X. X. Yes. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh, all right. Myra. Yes. Wow. I didn't even recognize her. Oh man. Does she so just... That's the only character because you're the main character is custom. You can I know. make your main character. Okay. Well, it's got it's got the whole Xenoblade universe. It's got mechs in the background. It's got a few other characters in the back you may or may not recognize, like me. Um, it's got. <laughs> does it have any Nopon? I don't see any Nopon in the back. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah there's Nopon. Uh, oh. Back left. Okay, well, I'll pull, no I'll make sure there's an icon over that so I never see the Nopon. <laughs> you can barely notice it. Though, uh, so you uh, good, 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 good. Hey, you got you got a uh, Pyra. I don't know if that's Mithra, but you definitely have Pyra on the right side. Yeah, I see that. That might be uh, might be Mithra. You would expect them to be together, you know. The girl on the left looking forward, I think that's Fiora. Yeah, it's just a different art style, so it got some, it's very got different, some, yeah. It got to me confused. It got me yeah, confused. That's, that's Elmira. Whatever, dude. All right. Been a long, it's been a long time. Been a long day, too. I actually have to work today. Anyway, um, Monolith Soft also looking to focus their Xenoblade brand. Uh, though would, wouldn't mind, would not mind creating a smaller project. This was in an interview. I don't know where exactly this was. Um, Monolith Soft studio head and Xenoblade series creator has said in a recent interview that the company is looking to focus on the Xenoblade franchise in an effort to strengthen that particular brand. However, Mr. Takahashi says that he wouldn't mind exploring a smaller scale project to add some variety to the team's work. Here's what he had to say. From the point of view of giving Monolith Soft more variety, I would like to do a smaller scale project if the opportunity arose. But right now, I think we should focus on increasing the value of the brand that we have created with Xenoblade Chronicles Saga. Of course, if we manage to organize ourselves in a way that allows us to do so, I would like to give a small-scale project a chance. I don't want to see Xenoblade Chronicles Warriors. That's what I'm afraid of. I am, oh. I am so deathly afraid of them, of them doing something like that. Like, with all the characters that they have. Like, them doing that, that would... No, please, 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 please no. I mean, do you consider that a small-scale project if they were to do something like that? All right, so their characters are, other than the main characters, their characters are trash. And they got trash uh, in Xenoblade 2. Xenoblade 2, all the ancillary additional blades and how they outsource that, garbage. The in-house characters, excellent. So the main characters of Xenoblade 2, the main, especially the main characters of Xenoblade 1, and the main characters, the important main characters in X, all great characters. They're all great. All right, I recognized all of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're good, but um, uh, you know, there's there's a whole lot of hot trash characters in Xenoblade Two that I hope they don't develop any further because they were they weren't they outsourced it. They outsourced the conceptual artwork for them and then based the designs, the 3D models on that outsourcing. Yeah, of the artwork, and by doing that, they came up with like wacky, weird designs that wasn't 
as cohesive as the rest of the game world. Right. I didn't. I didn't mind. I didn't mind it. I, I certainly. I, I enjoyed some of them. Like the one in the bathtub was freaking awesome. I forget her name. <laughs> she... Yeah, that bathtub one. That was just ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. But she like she was kind of like a secret. Not a secret. Uh, she might have been a secret one. Um, I think my favorite one was the uh, the ice lance or ice spear one. I forgot her name. Yeah, that's the problem, right? They're all kind of forgettable, right? Yeah, because they weren't. They weren't. They are characters, but they weren't. They didn't have anything important. They did have like a side quest or a series of side quests that you had to do for each one, right? Which which helped develop some of their story, but they weren't important to the main story whatsoever, right? Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that they, to me, so you got afraid of them doing spinoff stuff. To me, I see these comments and I'm thinking like, oh, they're doubling down on Xenoblade. That's yeah. going to be their, that's going to be their, their, their fork, stake in the road thing. That That's going to be their guiding light. That's mm-hmm. going to be, that is their Zelda. Yeah. I mean, yeah. could they uh, either like make smaller scales like, Torna, uh, something similar to that effect, where it's just really short experience. Um, I, don't, I don't, I don't think they'd want to take the Xenoblade franchise and do stuff like that with it. I don't think they want to because Xenoblade, all, all three games are just massive, epic scale. They're mm-hmm. just crazy huge. I mean, you, you know, you've done two of them. Like they get big, big scale. I mean, X, not as big and grand as two but like still like like big guns very philosophical on the concept that it's covering so i don't see them wanting to downgrade or present a smaller scale interpretation of the xenoblade story unless it directly ties into what they already have because what they have is huge it's it's a big it is a big world uh, and very elaborate, or a big set of worlds that are very well thought out and elaborate, so much so they had so much content that they were able to create additional spin-off expansion right. because But yeah. to do it in an entire smaller game, I don't, I don't think they'd want to do that. I think what they are going to go with is hopefully not the spin-off you know, Warriors route and do like weird like persona 5 scramble stuff that's where my brain that's like where my brain instantly went was like oh please god don't don't." what i what i hope they do is do like different genre something different doesn't have to be an rpg they just do so because they build awesome worlds now obviously if they're doing smaller scale they can't do you know xenoblade-esque level of epicness Mm -mm. but they can definitely do some interesting stuff especially with these engines and if they do explore different genres, I'm totally down for them doing very different genres if they can execute on it. Yeah, well. I don't. I don't know if I. I mean, they they do RPGs so well. Like, I don't. I don't want them to do a like yeah. a platformer or you know. I, I mean, something something like that. This this is their bread and butter. Like, they, you said it. They do it so well. Not only do they do it so well, they are the best. They yeah. they are the best they they are there's don't forget they assisted with breath of the wild 2 they did xenoblade 2 they just finished putting they just completed the finishing touches on xenoblade chronicles definitive edition and Mm -hmm. this wasn't some shoddiness of giving it to some other studio 
They in-housed it. Yeah, right. And they've they've gotten like bigger since since then. They have like multiple studios now. Yeah, yeah I'm I excited. I can't wait to see. You know those uh, weird screenshots that we saw of this different fantasy world? Mm-hmm. So when I see comments like this, that's what I think of. Like, as, a, as one of their small-scale projects? Well, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to be small-scale. Oh, I, I, I hope not. It didn't look small-scale. No, it did not. Yeah. So Definitely did not. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited at whatever it is that they do. You know what? Oddly enough, I would love for them to do their own take on Star Fox. I would absolutely love it. Hmm. Why? It could, it, because they've done vehicles very well. They've done hmm. flying very well in Xenoblade Chronicles X. Yeah. They showed off that they could do this futuristic, uh, you know, piloting through large environments and stuff like that. Uh, flying around these large environments and nav- navigation of it. They've done the mechanical side of, you know, mech suits, customizing the mechs, being able to, like, insert different parts onto them. And you just take what they did there. Yes, Super RPG and Star Fox is, you know, very much not RPG. Not, no, uh, not at all. But if you could imagine the Xenoblade Chronicles X version of Star Fox, come on. Come on. <laughs> Do it. Um, it's like I'm so down. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't accept it. I don't accept it at all. But um, yeah, that's it for the news. Not bad. Not bad. Now we have some questions. I actually asked questions this time. You didn't I, ask. You asked four questions. I asked for yeah, right. Okay, yeah. I asked four questions, and this is for via Facebook, uh, the Nintendo Switch RPG fans group. Okay, excellent group. Excellent group. We've grown quite quite a bit there. Uh, first question from Elias. Now, some of these questions, the phrasings are a little off, so it, I didn't rephrase these or I didn't retype them. I probably should have, but I didn't. So here's the first question: Shin Megami Tensei Five or Persona? on the switch i'm guessing kind of which one would you have which one would you prefer well smt5 is coming to the switch persona 5 or persona as far as we know is not um if you're asking me which one i prefer i would say i prefer the smt world over the persona world well i haven't played any of the smt games so i would lean towards persona even though i didn't like Persona 5, I would lean <laughs> more towards that, but I am absolutely open to the opportunity of Shin Megami Tensei 5, you know, making my head turn. Yeah, so. I, I think with, with Persona, right, it's all it's all like school and college, not college kid, but like kind of that, that type of environment, where SMT is just, it's just different. It's, it's just more uh, adult, I guess. Um, I don't know. I just prefer that over Persona. Just Just my my opinion. And then she also asks, is port begging good or bad for the community? I think it's good to a certain point until it gets really kind of, I guess, toxic where, you know, where hate becomes uh, prevalent over, you know, port begging. It's good. I think to ask for a game, it kind of lets the devs and publishers know what interests are, you know, out there. Um, I, I think, 
when when that ball gets rolling, you know, it it starts things, right? It's kind of has a snowball effect where maybe the dev be like, "Oh wow, there is an interest for this game we weren't thinking about. Let's let's open it back up and see see what happens." Um yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. I think port begging is absolutely great unless it's the developer asking the fans to port beg. Then at that point, you have to be a bit more discerning. I'm still okay with that. It just, at that point, it gets, there, there are, there, there's some context in there that matters. Well, but who, who does that? Is that like EA, you know, like with Capcom FIFA? Has done it. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of companies that have done it, like Capcom, and I think even like uh, uh, Platinum Games has done it. Uh, so I'm, some of it is sketchy chicken area territory stuff, and some of it is perfectly fine. Obviously, I lean way more towards Port Began being fine because if it wasn't for Port Began, we never would have gotten Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of like um, the feather in the cap, right? Like, we were never going to get that until. Uh, like, how did that become? That was more of a kind of an indie or kind of a fan project, right? Yeah, it was what was it, Operation Rainfall? Yeah. And it was supposed to be there were three well, two RPGs and one sort of action y fantasy game. Um what was it, like Hammer, Project Hammer or something like that. Or no, Power. I forgot I forgot what it was. Uh it was Last Story, Xenoblade Chronicles, oh, and yes. the three uh, the three games. This um, other tower game or whatever. Yep. And they got they all got brought over. And one of them is one of the best games ever. Well, the last story is pretty dang good too. It's all right. I, I would I would like to see that brought back in in the Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. If the company who still does the last story was still around, I think it's Mistwalker. I think I don't know who owns that IP at, at the moment, but I would love to see them bring bring that back. Yeah, uh, if, if they do a. Yeah, a definitive edition kind of remastering and, and revamping of it, especially like cleaning up weird, quirky stuff in certain quality of life stuff. Yeah, and better graphics. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be down. Yeah, I'd be down if they just straight port that over. Obviously, not for full price, but yeah. I would be totally down for just a complete straight up port because uh, I missed the opportunity to actually buy that game when it first released. And now it's like a super rarity. Right. Let's, let's port bag for that. We're going to do it. We're going to start a campaign. Um, next question, we have Denzel McKenzie. Uh, best RPG on the Switch? Question mark. Well, I, I think you know my answer. All right, let's... let's. <laughs> what do you have on this? I don't know your answer. What's your answer? Divinity Original Sin 2. Okay. All right. I, was, I, was, I was thinking that would be your answer, but I wasn't too sure. Okay. Uh, to me, it's going to be hands down... Hands and we, we know what the actual answer is. It's Breath of the Wild, but okay. I'm not going to say Breath of the Wild because I keep getting hit over the head every time I say Breath of the Wild. So instead of saying Breath of the Wild, <laughs> I will say Xenoblade 2. Okay. Not even, and it's not even close to anything else. Would you like, say that over Xenoblade Definitive Edition? I mean, I know that just recently came out, but... I haven't played enough of, or seen enough of Xenoblade Definitive Edition Okay. To sort of say that one over, you know what? Man, I love them both. They're they're both great. The Xenoblade family. The, I will say the original. Okay. I'll put on I'll put on my nostalgia glasses. 
and say yep. the original, now that the definitive edition, now that it is available on Switch, I can now officially say that one. That one is the best RPG, with a very close second being Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And then all other RPGs on the Switch take a big backseat to those two. What? You yeah. are on, on some... You are on some medication right now. I thought because all the other ones aren't ported over as well or aren't the best versions that they could be on the Switch. Whatever. Um, he also asks um, how the upcoming RPGs such as Bravely Default, Paper Mario will fit into that discussion. Um, now, obviously, it's tough to say. Now, we did we were able to play Bravely Default too, right? With the demo. Um it felt extremely. It felt very samey to me. It felt it felt like the original on the 3ds. I, I didn't like really. Octopath. What's that? Felt like Octopath Traveler. Yeah, yeah. There really wasn't much change there, so I don't see it topping any of our 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 best RPGs on the Switch. Um, as far as Paper Mario is concerned, again, we don't know anything about that. Like we, I mean, we've seen some some quick hits in a trailer. I yep. mean, I'd love to see more. I, I mean, if we could get some some sort of like specific direct kind of explaining everything, that'd be great. Um, I mean, it is kind of E3 time. Something like that could could happen. A dedicated direct. They could probably do that. Yeah. That's yeah. They, something they might have they, in mind. They've done it with Fire Emblem. They've done it with um, I have they done it with Xenoblade Chronicles? Oh, uh, my goodness. Fire Emblem. That previous. Oh. What a conundrum I'm in. <laughs> well, what do take, I like more, Fire take, Emblem or? Take those glasses off. Take those nostalgia glasses off. Uh, 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 it's still Xenoblade. Okay. <laughs> well, Fire Emblem's up there. Fire Emblem's a really good game. It's really up there. Fire Emblem is number three. Number three. Uh, but as, again, as far as Paper Mario is concerned, I've I've never played uh, really any Paper Mario's other than you know um, Color Splash. So uh, technically, people don't even call that <laughs> Paper Mario. Um, yeah, yeah you because... played the wrong Paper Mario, so you're like so off on the potential of what the Origami King could be. <laughs> uh, and I see it the way I see it is I see it as you know Thousand Year Door Two, right? That that's what I'm. That's where my hype level is. Wow, that's really and, high and, though. It's not. It's oh, kind I, of a. It's kind of unfair. I'm I'm so hyped for it because it looks like it's actually going to deliver. It looks like it's going to be. The true sequel to you know the actual Paper Mario three that we've always wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Not not the uh, Super Paper Mario, not the Color Splash, and whatever the other ones were called. None of those garbage, absolute garbage. Get rid of it. Get out of here. <laughs> we want the good, you know, traditional. We want that audience, uh, which they got. We want that stage, which they kind of got. You can rotate it. It's weird. I don't know. It's got the beautiful looking craftiness that Color Splash, Color Splash, by the way, is a good looking game. Visually, mm -hmm. it looks real good. This one looks better yeah. because they went even more into the handcraftiness of the world. It looks real good. The potential for awesome, comical, inside joke Mario, you know, only the fans will actually get this type of humor. The potential is there. I am so hyped. They got the party members that's in there. I At this point, uh, it's almost going to be a surefire uh, that it's going to be excellent. And it has, if it has the potential, if it could, because it does have the potential to be better than Thousand Year Door. And just from that potential alone, this could be one of the best RPGs on Switch. Yeah, I, that's... 
I, I think you're setting your expectations a little too high. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Just, just because I, I don't want you to be disappointed, Johnny. All right. I just, I don't want to see you cry. I don't want to, I don't want to put they, it all over the Twitters. They can't because I already know it's going to be better than Color Splash. <laughs> well, you can't, you can't, yeah, I guess. I guess that, you could that say that. Is a, if, you know how they would disappoint me? Is if they ported Color Splash and called it Deluxe Edition. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it would have happened. Oh, no. That would be disastrous. <laughs> but they didn't do it. They did a legit looking like an RPG Paper Mario game. I am so in them. Okay, well, I guess I guess we'll see. You have that slated kind of too high, but whatever. All right, we'll see. No, no, I... You, you you just don't know. You I don't know. know. I have no. <laughs> I have no I idea. To play Paper Mario Two, it is absolutely fantastic. Okay. It still looks like a really good looking game. To I this know. Day. It's classic, classic look. It's like a pixel art game. You can't you can't really go wrong with it. Classic. It's not really classic though. It's not yet. No, no, no. I'm just saying the look of it isn't classic. It's it's its own style that no, actually. Ages very well. Right, that's what I mean. It's like pixel art. Like pixel art kind of ages it's fine, you know, you yeah. still play pixel art games. Alright, next question we have Mike uh D. Oshberg, I believe that's how you say it. Uh what do you think an ambitious game like the Outer Worlds does for the Switch? Let me, let, me, let, let me let me let me read the entire question before you okay. jump on that. Alright. Even if the specs can't be compared to other consoles, if enough people buy it and it's considered a success, should we expect more open world RPGs like, say, Fallout 4 to get ported over? Alright, so let's deal with your first aspect here. Uh, what do you think an ambitious game like The Outer Worlds does for the Switch? Nothing. Nothing. It makes it look bad. That's well, it I, I think, here's my thing, like, Virtual Studios really talked up a big game, right? Like, they said that um, any current gen game can be ported over, but obviously it comes out with with costs. Now there are other, there have been other ports that have been done better. Okay, uh, for example, Panic Button. Right, Panic Button has done really some tremendous looking games on the Switch, such as Warframe. Uh, Warframe is one. Wolfenstein Two. I'm looking at them right here. Um, yep. And Wolfenstein Youngblood. Again. I consider Wolfenstein 2, uh, New Colossus, and Wolfenstein Youngblood, I consider them current-gen games, right? And they look pretty dang good. Yeah, 2. two. Yeah, I, I played and beat 2. Yeah. On well, Switch. I don't know I don't know if Youngblood's on there. Is it? I may be, uh, I may be wrong I think on that. I, I didn't play that one, though. I'm looking it up. Yes, it is. But, you know, a better-looking game, Witcher 3, got brought over to Switch. Right? Yeah, that's and it. It looks, was, definitely looks better than uh, than Outer Worlds. Yep, that was Saber Interactive. But I will also say um, that Witcher Three, yes, it looks good. It looks good in handheld. You put that thing on a bigger screen, like I've been playing, it does not look that good. Okay, and it also received a graphical enhancement update. Um, what, I, what was it like three months after release or whatever, or sometime after yep. its release? So they they were also afforded that opportunity. So, I mean, it's it's kind of unfair to judge the Outer Worlds right now. Give it some time. Give them an update. Okay, if they if they release a graphical update or a performance update, what does it do? How does it perform? How does it compare? Once we get that, 
then I think we can fairly assess what's going on. But you're right. As it is right now, The Outer Worlds, it does, it performs, uh, sub, it's a subpar performing game. It doesn't look as good as its, its uh, I guess, other consoles, right? Uh, not even close, actually. Um, but, you know, if it is considered a success, let's just say it, it gets, it gets whatever, it gets a performance update, it runs a little better. And it's considered a success. I know we're stretching it a little bit, right? Say it does get... It becomes a success now. What other games, like, could we possibly see? Does that open well, the door for Fallout 4 or 3 or New Vegas? Uh, so, th- we've already had big open-world RPGs on the Switch. Skyrim. And to me... Right? Skyrim is, Skyrim. like, the number one, right? Yeah, well, Skyrim, Xenoblade, Witcher 3. Yep. To name just a few. Uh, Dragon's Dogma. Yep. Uh, so, and I, th- I believe all three of them, or four of them, I don't know too much about Dragon's Dogma, how successful that was sales-wise, but Witcher 3 definitely saw some major success yep. uh, on the Switch. Uh, and by major, I mean very much profitable uh, in, a, in a very good way. So as long as it goes above and above the break-even point all the companies are going to be definitely happy to see their games on the platform because it hits that break-even point then everything else afterwards is pure profits and that's all good times so i don't think this game outer worlds is going to be something that we need to latch on to in order to hope that other games like fallout 4 and New Vegas, whatever, other open-world RPGs are going to come along. We've already had open-world RPGs come along, at least one major one every single year of the Switch. So... I, I think I think the reason why that's brought up, right, is it's, it's kind of the most recent one, the most recent yeah. open-world RPGs. So I, I think hopes are, are high, say, for example... Um, you know, there's there's a, a newer Dark Souls or Bloodborne. I'm just saying Bloodborne. Uh, again, I'm just kind of picking names out of the hat. But there are new games that are just recently released. Could yeah. we potentially see them? And and obviously that's that's the hope for any game that's released on those other consoles like a PlayStation Four or Xbox. But uh, it could be like Dark Souls Three. Could be Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever that that the next From Software game with. Uh, with George R. R. Martin's, whatever that's going to turn out to be. Is that, um, is that Mortal Shell? Uh, it, no, I don't think it's an actual um, name. El- Elden Scrolls? Elden Ring? Uh, I think it's Elden Ring. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Okay, yeah. Or the Elden Ring or yeah, something Elden, like that. Elden Ring. Yep. So, uh, you know what? If, if it means, for example, if The Outer Worlds is successful means that Tales of Arise hmm. comes to Switch, you better believe I'm going to get me <laughs> the Outer Worlds for the Switch. You better believe it. Oh, we're going to clip but, this, put it in the memory banks. <laughs> I live in a real world yeah. where that is, there is no association of Outer Worlds success leading towards a Tales of Arise port to the switch so i think if anything bandai namco already knows that the switch is kind of already you know turns profits for the game so they're gonna do it if it can if they can do it if they can do it they'll definitely do it um they they did it with and for them right the big tell was was tales of vesperia successful so 
you got to look at it more directly. Uh, for example, look at look at what's coming out for other consoles or what has already come out for other consoles. Look at those companies and then look at the games that they're releasing and determine if there is a more direct correlation to those games and and the ones that you want to have on Switch that just isn't there yet. So for the Outer Worlds being correlated to Fallout, I totally get it. So if Outer Worlds does well, will Fallout 4 come in? Well, if Bethesda wasn't being so weird and bad with their releases, I would have said yes. If Outer Worlds was very successful, Fallout 4 would be a shoo-in. But Bethesda has been uh, getting lots of bad scrutiny for delivering very faulty games and the last thing that they need right now is to deliver a faulty game on the switch yeah they don't need any bad publicity Uh, i think they're just trying to stay out of the the limelight they've been they've been totally absent from the video game world you know for a while you know and Um, and even in that scenario the outer world is not better to correlate to fallout 4 Skyrim is better if you want to do a correlation to Fallout 4, a potential yeah. Fallout 4 port. Yeah, so, I, I, think, I think you're right. Or Fallout 3 or New Vegas, if they wanted to go that far. Yeah, yeah. And 3 in Vegas, I mean, those, those will absolutely run without issue, other than their engine, their weird engine, creating their own issues. Right, right. Because that's some bugginess right there. <laughs> yeah, well, it sure is. All right, great question. Jose D. Lopez, a nice discussion would be the future of ports on the Switch and where you think the line should be drawn to preserve the quality of experience for Switch users. Will next-generation RPGs make it to the Switch as they are announced? We kind of answered this um, with the previous question, uh, right? A little bit. A little bit. But we can, we can definitely go deeper on this. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, just just the quality of stuff um should we should we draw the line on quality yes we should absolutely, always absolutely yeah draw the line on quality we should not just and we do that that line drawing is fine if they bring it over but our lines are drawn based on whether or not we buy it so they know if they de- if they give us an underwhelming product they know they'll know from the critic reviews they'll know from the sales right the audience is there we are buying Witcher. We are buying, uh, you know, Divinity. We're buying, you know, all, all these other games. Indies are getting gobbled up like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of indie games are selling like hotcakes, right? Uh, Xenoblade is doing the best it's ever been, right? It's it's a growing franchise, a very hardcore esque franchise as well. Like these these games, Fire Emblem is poised to be at its all time best for the franchise. With this, with this latest iteration. So, without a doubt, RPGs are going very well, regardless of if they're JRPG or first party, third party, whatever. Quality does matter. So, don't deliver a sub-quality game and, uh, and expect it to sell. Right. That's not going to happen. And they're not, these companies are not stupid, even though they may say in whatever press release that they do, cough, cough, EA, <laughs> that their games aren't, that their audience isn't there. Well, you got to deliver a quality game and the audience will be there, right? right? If you build it, they will come. Or a complete game. Um, EA, especially in the sports franchises on the Switch, they just omit so many different things. 
Uh, like, uh, for example, there is potential of a Mass Effect trilogy mm -hmm. uh, collection, whatever, for Switch. There, there is a strong possibility of, of that coming somewhere. And that would be fantastic. And there actually isn't too much there for EA to mess up. No, the game's right? already there. They, they're, they're good games. Uh, yeah. you, you can't you can't really mess that up as long as everything is uh you know running fine should do fine yeah. and and if it's if it's all there as you said it's going to do fine because the audience will definitely be there there mm -hmm. will be there will be plenty of switch people that are gonna buy that collection because it is mass effect in one package or whatever how they package it on the switch that's gonna sell like cocky mm-hmm that will that will definitely do very well. So, uh, quality matters, and the quality of the original game matters, right? And some there have been instances where they took games that were of a lower tier quality on their original release, worked on it, and then re-released it in this bigger, better version, and then put it on Switch or what have you, what, right? Do you so have they an, did. Do you have an example? Oh, Dragon's Dogma. Oh yeah, Dark Arisen. Yep. Yeah. That's that's a great example of it was a yes it was a last gen but it wasn't like great last gen mm -hmm. but then they worked on it uh, they did the Dark Arisen version and the PC version of that was very good and then they took that awesome PC iteration of it and poured that to the Switch and you know it's it's a very good solid experience I want to see who ported that over go ahead continue yeah, it might have been the company itself the last bit about this question is uh, will next gen RPGs make it to the Switch as they are announced, as they are announced, uh, no, no, we're we're definitely gonna see uh, we're gonna see less next gen games release on the Switch, and and those are gonna be where when it comes to the West Western developed games, there's gonna be way less of those on the Switch. We'll still see the indie crowd. The indie crowd is definitely gonna be there. The Switch is the indie darling. Uh, it's gonna get lots of love. What needs to happen is Nintendo needs to bust out with the Pro version. That yeah. needs to happen. I think that's... The Switch is poised to have that happen. Like it, It's Nintendo's ball to drop, to not do some sort of HD version 2 Pro Elite version of the Switch. Nintendo... If Nintendo doesn't do that, they drop the ball in a very, very big way. Well, I because mean... Because it's a yeah, modular we yeah, well, we won't we won't get those 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 current gen games, which is you know kind of stinks. But uh, they they where they're making their money is on their first party games, and their first party games are, you know, <laughs> like making money, just putting them out there, no matter what what they That's are. Not That's not true. Nintendo's been opening up the floodgates, and Nintendo makes lots of money because of the license. Uh, the license licensing royalty or whatever it's called, the licensing fee. There is a fee that developers have to pay. To I believe it's like a dollar per copy, directly to Nintendo for being the platform holder. Right, but what, I, and, what I'm sa what I'm saying is what where they're making their most of their dollars are on their own games, published no. games. No, you no, don't think no, so. Nintendo gets a thirty percent cut of eShop sales. All mm -hmm. eShop sales. Right, and that's doing gangbusters. It's, everything sells on that. Right, so we're talking 30% of uh, 
what's that Harvest Moon game that's not Harvest Moon? Stardew Valley? Or Stardew Sto Valley, yeah. right? Uh, Terraria, Minecraft, all the different, you know, iterations of Minecraft, right? Witcher 3. Nintendo gets a 30% cut of those sales, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the platform. So Nintendo, yes, Nintendo makes lots of money based on their own content, but they're still getting a huge cut on other people putting because it's, they own the platform because they own the platform, right? The Steam cut, by the way, is 30%. It's the same, it's, it's the industry standard, mm -hmm. uh, except for the, the Epic store, which has lowered the bar to that standard. Maybe the Nintendo cut isn't 30%. I don't know exactly what that cut is. I'm just assuming let's it's just 30%. Say, yeah, let's just say it's 30%. Yeah, that, that was the industry standard. Epic has kind of caused that industry standard to, to drop by a lot. They dropped it down to, I think it's 12%, from 30 to 12%. That's crazy. That's mm. awesome. But mm -hmm. either way, Nintendo gets a cut. So Nintendo has incentive for other game developers to sell well on their on their platform. Okay. Right? They have financial incentive to do that. So don't think that Nintendo can just do fine without other pla other companies and other games selling well because they have the best properties and their games sell well so they can they don't have to worry about others, right? We've been through that before. That was the Wii U. That was the GameCube. <laughs> that was the the you know second half of the N64. Right? right. Nintendo has gone through those iterations where they need, uh, of, where they need uh, third party support where where they didn't have it right. and they suffered because of it and it's been a downward trend right the N64 was a downward trend the GameCube was a downward trend from the N64 the Wii was an anomaly that was weird land that doesn't count that doesn't the next count. iteration was the Wii U even worse right sold like half the copies of the of the GameCube or a little bit more than half right it was a very a very like easy to plot with one weird spike in the middle of the Wii, easy to plot downward trend of third party support. So yeah. Nintendo, I think at this point, should fully realize that they absolutely need the third party support. Uh, however they can get it and need to promote it as much as they can and need to make sure that third party is on board with the next iterations. Right. It's critical. It's absolutely critical. You're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 It's just uh, yeah, with this iteration of the Switch, getting these current or next gen, it's just not going to happen. Uh, well, mm. Meh. it can happen. I don't it, can, know. it can definitely happen. So you're saying Tales of Arise has a, has a, has a chance? Absolutely. Okay. You don't gonna, look if it looks like the Outer Worlds, you, you, does it have a chance? If it looks like the Outer Worlds, I'm not getting it. No way. <laughs> no way, man. Well, that's where, game, that's where games like, uh, say, we were talking about Dragon Quest, right? Dragon Quest is, uh, it's kind of that, it's kind of like, I call it a classic, I'll call it a classic look. It's just the anime aesthetic. You, there's not much textures involved there, so it's, it's, it's easier for the Switch to handle it, I would say. Yeah. So, games like that, they're next gen. Uh, I mean, they could be next gen. But they they run well on the Switch. It's it's its own platform. It's really the the memory that kind of the memory in the CPU. I mean, really, just the overall performance of the system. The big the big thing though is that storage. The storage is going to be the biggest game changer. That's going to make it real hard for next gen to come over to the Switch. Right. Which is why I say 
uh, you know, we're not going to, we're going to hardly get any ports unless Nintendo does a pro or elite version of the switch. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think you'll see that for a while if that does in fact happen, which is unfortunate. Yeah. It's too bad. I think if that does come, I think it's going to be a 2021 thing, a late 2021 thing. Hmm. Because I think Nintendo is willing to ride out a full year of next-gen consoles before they do Switch 2, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for submitting those questions. Um, That's actually going to do it for today's episode. That's going to be it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everyone who sent in their questions. Keep them coming. Remember, you can listen to the show each and every week at switchrpg.com or you can subscribe or and and or and or I don't know who wrote this. You can subscribe on, <laughs> on your favorite podcast app. If you listen to that, please give us a rating and review Want to climb up those charts. So your support there would be amazing. And finally, you remember to head over to switchrpg.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, Johnny, stop your dancing. Goodbye.